It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast. This is episode number 69 of the Global Geek News Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, alongside my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Things are going awesome. Uh, you got to love uh, episode 69. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of counting down till we finally get to episode 100. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to too th- far from now. Yeah, I'm, I think it'll probably be around the end of the year, first first of next year or something like that i'm already trying to think of exactly what i want to do for the show just getting some ideas floating around as far as like maybe having all the old guests on at once or something crazy like that maybe yeah. even feature some of our loyal loyal listeners uh, so if anybody wants to participate let us know maybe we can get you in the 100 show yeah i'd like to do that i've been thinking a little bit more lately about trying to see if we can get some of the listeners a little bit more involved. Like, once in a while, we'll get a comment from them, or I'll get something on Twitter from them. Not very often, but if we could get get some to be on the show on occasion, that would even be great, too. But just one of many ideas that are floating around in my head. But anyway, how are how's your life going? Life's good. Pretty relaxing <laughs> the last few days. Had a a good weekend. My mom came down, visited with her. Um, we did some shopping at the outlet with my sister. Um, I helped my brother-in-law yesterday um, put up a, a fence post. Um, that was a lot of labor. And then we sat around and watched a, mo- a movie last night. Um, so it was pretty relaxing. Like we did some work, but we also had a lot of fun, some good family time. So I'm, I'm I'm happy about that. Oh, that's good. Sounds like you've been having a little bit more of a relaxing time than I have lately. Which, for those that don't know or weren't paying attention, there was no show last week because I ended up in the ER three different times the first part of last week due to a bad cat bite. Never really thought cat bites were that bad. I've had thousands of them over the past 20 years, but... Apparently they can get bad. Luckily, I went to the ER in time that I didn't lose my finger or anything. Yeah, cats have tons of bacteria. They have one of the nastiest mounts out there, and that's what they use for for an, uh, for self defense. Actually, is the amount of bad bacteria that they carry in their mouth. Unlike dogs, that have good bacteria. Yeah, apparently it gets worse when cats get mad or hurt or something like that. But I guess it was Sunday afternoon. I was trying to put down the window on our screen door and it's and the window slipped through my hand or no put it up the window slipped through my hand right as the cat was getting up to kind of stand in the window smashed one of her paws in there and it took me a minute or two to get her out all the while she was biting and scratching and everything so i'm covered in all kinds of bite marks and scratch marks and everything but 
one of them was bad enough that I ended up in a splint for several days as to where I couldn't type, I couldn't do, couldn't tie my shoes, I couldn't do much of anything, which, that's not very fun. I no. don't want to have to go through that again. So, at least now I know what to do when that happens. But hopefully that'll never, I'll never have to say that the show is delayed due to cat bite ever again. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, it reminds me of those old show where like some they're filming it live and then something goes horrible, wrong, horribly wrong, and then they put that overlay over the screen of the TV <laughs> and then you hear that jingle music and Will says, says, "We'll be right back." <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that a time or two. <laughs> yes, but that's probably just a consequence of me having been a wrestling fan all my life. But, yeah, hopefully that'll never happen again. But, anyway, we have a nice full show. After all, there, there's been a lot of news that we've missed over the past, what was it, week and a half since our last show was, what, Thursday before last, I guess? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there's been a lot of news, a lot that I had to leave out. And a lot that happened today, because today was iPhone 4 day. Yes, not only just iPhone 4, but the renaming of the iPhone OS. It's no longer called the iPhone OS. It's called, uh, what, iOS now? Yes, they decided to steal another name from Cisco. <laughs> and so, I don't know about the change of the name, but I guess that's reflecting on, that it's not just on the iPod anymore, it's on the iPad and uh, maybe even uh, they're talking about the Apple TV. Maybe that will be uh, have the iPhone OS or the iOS. Um, but I have to say for the launch today, I thought the hardware was fairly impressive. Yeah, it, it seems really nice. It's basically the exact same thing that we saw in the leaks on Gizmodo and in Gadget and whatever the leak was out of Korea or whatever it was last month and where there's really nothing horribly new. Uh, the design was explained a little bit more. The whole kind of blocky look to it compared to the rounded iPhone that we've seen in the past was explained a little bit more with the edges all apparently being a part of an antenna, which is seems to be a little bit different concept. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's got all kinds of different hardware in it. It's using the same A4 chip that the iPad is using. There's, of course, the front-facing camera, LED flash for the back camera. It now has a gyroscope, which seems a little on the strange side to me. Compass, gyroscope, and accelerometer. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure why we necessarily need a gyroscope, but... I don't know, maybe there's some app idea out there that I haven't given much con- much consideration that we really use it. They showed off Jenga in the um, presentation or whatever, but I can't say I ever really wanted to play that on an iPhone. Yeah. But that apparently there's some other nice little features of it. It'll now do HD, 720p, 30 frames per second video with built-in video editing using iMovie, which will cost you five bucks. Right. Apparently so, the... So possibly built-in video editing. So yeah, you have to pay extra for that. Yeah, and then it, they have what they're calling a new retina display, which basically increases pixel density by four times. 
and has 78% the pixel size of the iPad. And what I'm sure a lot of people are going crazy about is the battery life, which is 40% more talk time. So you get 7 hours talk, 6 hours 3G browsing, 10 hours Wi-Fi browsing, 10 hours of video, and 40 hours of music with 300 hours of standby. That's not bad. Well, we'll see when it actually comes out. Um, yeah, if, if it's anything like their um, battery claims for the MacBook and stuff, I wouldn't quite hold my breath. But, I don't know, they seem to be pretty close with their battery estimates when it comes to the iPad. Yeah, and it's supposedly using the same A4, which it's not, because size-wise the chips are dramatically different in size. Um, but um, I'm surprised they didn't talk more about the, the A4. I wonder if it's... If it's going to be for app for app on the 3GS and the new uh, iPhone 4, if the speed of the applications are going to be comparable. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was wondering. They said that the new iOS 4 is going to be on the iPhone 4, the 3GS, I think the 3G as well as the iPod Touch. Now, I'm kind of curious to see which versions are actually going to get that. Because, like, in my case, I have a second-gen iPod Touch. So mm-hmm. it's got the slower processor and everything. So I'm kind of curious to see what it, what features it'll get if, or if it's going to get any. I, don't know, I, I think all of, them will, all of them will get iAds, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that one will definitely be in there. I don't know. I I saw something a little bit ago that said a new version of iTunes, it's going to be 9.2 or whatever, is going to come out around the same time, which there's no news at all as to what that'll contain. But there's plenty of other announcements they had, like the front-facing calling, or the video calling called FaceTime, which I don't think anybody expected a name like that. Yeah, that sounds really cheesy. Yeah, everybody was expecting iChat, and I guess what really surprises me is they're making this um, FaceTime video chatting a open protocol or a standards-based protocol or whatever, so that I guess like Skype or whoever else can implement it if they want. I don't know. I I still don't. I'm not real sure that anybody's even going to want to use it. I mean, who's going to oh, yeah. hold their phone out? two feet in front of their face for half an hour just so they can be on a video chat. I mean, I'd rather do it on a laptop or something. Right. And it is Wi-Fi only to do that. Um, I think this is uh, the Trojan horse of getting people used to having video calls. Um, It's going to be a novelty, of course, when someone uh, has it and they're like, hey, you get an iPhone 4 also? Let's, Let's try the video chat. And they'll do that a couple times and then it'll get old. Um, but the, I think this is going to be an advancement um, and an affront against Skype and their video calling. Since this is an open standard, um, there are going to be tons of clients that are going to be out there that are not only going to work with the iPhone, but also with laptops and laptops' uh, webcams. Uh, so it, it, it is dangerous for uh, when you talk about Skype and all these other calling uh, features, which is also why it's open. That means that hopefully, with Android Android phones with front-facing cameras, that means that 
uh, unless it, if it was closed, that means that those phones couldn't talk to each other. But at least now there's hope uh, that those two phones will, uh, a 4G and, a, uh, and an Android phone, will be able to have video calling. Yeah, that'll be interesting if that ever comes about. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of curious about this whole Wi-Fi only thing. I find it to be a tad on the annoying side myself. Just because if I'm somewhere that I need to do a video call and I'm around mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, I'm going to just fire up a netbook or a laptop or something like that. I'm not going to go for some goofy experience on a phone. I want something that I can actually do easily and multitask and stuff compared to something on an iPhone. Yeah, look for that in 4.1. Yeah, there's all kinds of other ads or other things that they announced, um, some more iAd statistics, like who, some of the advertisers that they've signed up, Nissan, mm-hmm. City, Unilever, AT&T, Channel, GE, a whole big bunch of them. And, of course, what everybody's been wanting, Farmville for the iPhone. Yes. <laughs> and uh, an exclusive items only available for the iPhone version of the farm or Farmville. Yeah, I... I can't say I'm necessarily excited about that, although I am excited about Netflix for the iPhone. Yeah, that sounds really good. And then they're using, they said, Apple's uh, like bit technology to make sure, the bit streaming technology to make sure that uh, you have uninterrupted uh, playing. Um, I've never heard of this streaming technology, but uh, hopefully it's good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what it's like myself because I've seen Microsoft's IIS Smooth Streaming which I find to be extremely impressive and I was kind of hoping there would be more something like that but I don't, last I knew stuff like that didn't officially work with the iPhone and stuff so I'm kind of curious to see what Apple has up their sleeve for this but I know there's some impressive stuff out there like IIS Smooth Streaming, so hopefully it'll be as good of an experience as it sounds like it should be. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, I'd say the hardware looks nice. It goes on sale later on this month. Um, They said it's slimmer than the current iPhone, 28%. Um, But they said that the Pixel space is about 78%, I believe, of the iPad, so I would like to actually see it in person. I'm, of course, I'm not going to buy it, but um, it would be interesting to see what the adoption rate will be for this piece of hardware. Yeah, so 199 for the 16 gig version, 299 for the 32 gig version, and there's a number of upgrade paths for current iPhone users, which I can't say I really understood all of that from what little I saw of it, but I guess if you're looking to upgrade it, you can check out those details on Apple's website or AT&T's website or whatever. But speaking of all the details that we've been talking about, you can, of course, find all of the links to all of our stories with that has all of the um, specs for the iPhone and everything else at globalgeeknews.com. Kind of forgot to mention that a few minutes ago. That's where you'll find all the links, everything, our tips of the week, which we'll get to later on in the show. But might as well go ahead and keep right on talking about Apple and stuff that they do, because apparently 
up to half of all media sites are planning to support the iPad and the HTML5 video standard. Right, which is not necessarily the same thing. Um, right. Supporting HTML5 also means that um, a lot of mobile devices that are out there uh, will be able to view your content. So that's talking about uh, Android devices and the existing Palm devices that are out there. Uh, those browsers play HTML5. Um, and currently there are no flash uh, no, no full Flash implementations on mobile devices yet. Not until Froyo... Um, is it Froyo? Yeah, until Froyo hits uh, devices where you have a, a Flash component. So it, it would behoove content creators to have HTML5, uh, not just for the iPad, but for the mobile space in general. Yeah, speaking of Flash, one quick little side note. Um, for anybody that's using Flash, you might want to upgrade to the 10.1 beta or whatever, because I guess there's some new zero-day exploit that came out a couple of days ago that Adobe has no fix for. I guess it's also an issue with um, Acrobat Reader, so which, as far as I know, there's no ver- new version of that. But if you up, if you upgrade Flash to the 10.1 beta, or you downgrade it to I think it's like 8. Point whatever then you're safe. Otherwise, just be careful until they come out with an update, which I would right. think would be soon. And but, use Foxit Reader for a PDF viewer. Yeah, uh, I, the way it, the um, security bulletin or whatever made it sound was that it had to do with Flash content inside of a PDF document. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you ha- they have some kind of a malicious flash content inside of the PDF document, then that's one that would set it off or whatever. Okay. Well, if you use Foxit Reader, it should suppress that content because I don't think it natively plays that anyway. Um, I, I moved the Foxit a long time ago to move away from the tray notification for Adobe Acrobat Reader always wanting to be updated because of security concerns. Um, I've went to Foxit Reader and, and haven't had any problems. Yeah, if you want to avoid most of the sec- or a vast majority of the security concerns with um, Adobe's Acrobat Reader, just turn off the JavaScript inside. If there's a setting in there, just turn it off and for the most part you won't have to worry about any or very many vulnerabilities after that. So you don't won't have to necessarily be upgrading every two minutes. But anyway, back to our story here. I, I, I'm kind of surprised a little bit by the statistics in that while half are um, interested in going with like HTML5 or whatever, there's mm-hmm. half that aren't. I don't know why it is yeah. that they're holding out all I think all the major browsers support it now. I'm not I'm not sure to what extent that like Firefox or Opera support it. I, I think they have full support, but I'm not exactly sure. And I know the new version of IE is gonna have all kinds of support for it and everything. Right. But I, I just don't see why they're not jumping on the bandwidth. Everybody hates Flash as it is. I mean, I just don't see why there's people that aren't even considering it. I mean, in this graph that they're showing here, there's people that plan on having it implemented by um, the end of the month, or I mean, 
excuse me, looking at the wrong graph, the end of hmm. the year, a year from now, a year and a half right. from now, right. yet, they're, yet they're still half that have absolutely no plans of even looking into it, apparently. I think it's the tools. Uh, I heard a debate during uh, South By about moving to 5 and staying with the Flash, and the tools are easy to use, and people uh, who are trained on uh, Adobe's product suite, productivity suite, it's easy for them to rip out, uh, whip out pages pretty quickly. Um, if they move to HTML5, a lot of that's still done by hand. There aren't a lot of tools for development on HTML5, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how quickly tools develop for it. I don't know, is like Adobe still doing Dreamweaver and stuff that used to always be really good for that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it's still in CS3, um, or CS5, sorry. <laughs> um, but I think, once again, that, that I don't know if that spits out HTML5 code. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. It, it's been a number of years since I've used Dreamweaver. Then again, I don't tend to use really expensive applications very often. Right. But and plus, HTML5 is still not a standard yet. Yeah, it's still kind of half-baked to an extent. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm kind of surprised with as fast as the iPad and stuff is selling that there's still no plans by 43% of companies to have any support for the iPad at all. I mean, they announced that they've sold in two months that or whatever, they've sold 2 million iPads, that they're selling an iPad every three seconds, which is at a faster rate than the iPhone sold. Yet there's still such a huge amount of the market that's like, nah, we don't care. Well, also, just keep in mind that um, most media companies are reactive instead of proactive. So until the numbers of uh, and until the numbers on their analytics reflect the amount of traffic coming from these type of devices, which will be very little because their site won't work on those devices, um, they'll have no uh, arm. Uh, no ammunition to the higher ups to say, "Hey, we really need to uh, really, really need to convert to HTML5, so we can uh, have, so we can this, this audience has access to our content." Yeah, that's why there's a lot of companies that I do like because they tend to be very proactive. They have all this stuff out as soon as it comes out or whatever, so that way they can at least say, "Hey, we're one of the few sites out there that work with this standard or whatever." So why don't you come spend more time on our site instead of our competitor who who knows when they're going to upgrade? I, I, I think that there's a lot of companies that are really shooting themselves in the foot because they're taking the wait-and-see approach instead of think, looking around and saying, hmm, there seems to be something to this movement. Let's just go ahead and jump on in. And so they end up lagging behind in the market because they wait too long. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we're talking about media companies here. I'm guessing most yeah. of it's old media companies, so I wouldn't be surprised. It's not like <laughs> they have been first to jump on the bandwagon previously. So uh, it's just like uh, it's par for the course. It's with the, it's their mo. Yeah, pretty much. But speaking of tablets like the iPad, a number of interesting statistics came from Retrievo last week about the fact that a majority of people are not at all interested in purchasing a tablet. 
which yeah. kind of surprised me. I, I can understand part of it in that 38% think that it's too expensive, but 52% say they just don't need one. Yeah, I'm guessing when asked this, they didn't know what a tablet was, and the person says, "Well, this is what a tablet. Do you still want? Do would you want one?" And they probably said no. Um, I think most of it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked about the iPad previously, I think it was the last time it recorded, saying that the the success of the iPad is probably due to the friend effect. Your friend has one, you touch it, you feel it, and then you understand why you want it. Uh, less than knowing you want it before you have the direct exposure of it. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of one of the quotes that they had during the Apple's presentation today about some guy that wrote Steve Jobs about his iPad or whatever, saying that apparently he took it to a restaurant and it got some girl to like him because he had an iPad. I think it's yeah. that kind of effect. <laughs> I can't believe he would put that on there. I would. He should If he's going to do that, he should put a picture of both parties involved. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I don't even think it had who it was, just that it was two Steve Jobs or something like that. <laughs> I wonder if uh, if he's going to get an invitation to the wedding. I would assume that the guy at least got an invitation to WWDC for them using that quote, I would think. Yeah, you would. I, I don't have a clue. That, that That's one of the strange things, and I notice that a lot too with my Kindle, and that if I'm out and around town, I take my Kindle to dinner or whatever, I always have the waiters or people around me asking about it. Was it last week when I was in at the hand surgeon when he was looking at my finger? Even I took it in there and even the hand surgeon was asking me about it. It's just one of those things where I think if there's gadgets that people have heard of, maybe even seen a little bit of, they're just really interested in the people that do have them because there's so few people that actually have them. But, yeah, apparently there's yeah. um, 10% of people that are just waiting for a good excuse to buy an iPad. Yeah, uh, I think that's a lot of people. They just they need a reason. Um, but that Because it's the heir of jobs. I mean, he has a, uh, an aura about him and the product saying... Once you have a track record of, I got this, it worked, it's good. I got this, it worked, it's good. Um, they're, they're, they're like, well, I'll get it, I guess, and it'll work, and it will be good. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of where we are with, with their products. Yeah, I kind of fall under the it's too expensive category. I, I think it's just a little on the expensive side for my taste, and... I I wouldn't if I got it I'd probably want like the 3G version but after AT&T went back and said last week and said oh starting June 7th or whatever there'll be no more unlimited plan where it's going to be 2 gigabytes a month or something like that for 25 bucks a month instead of unlimited for 30 or whatever the new issue is I th- I think that's the new pricing scheme but I, at, at this point, it, it just doesn't seem worth it to me. I'm getting ready to buy a new Alienware laptop, and I'd much rather spend the money on that. Yeah, well, when you're going into it's too expensive, we are talking about Apple products here, too. So I yeah. think uh, people are used to the sticker shock 
uh, of Apple products. And so that price is no longer really a factor. It's it's something that if people want it bad enough, they'll save up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of brings me to the second bunch of statistics that they have being Android-based tablets. And what would make people buy an Android-based tablet over an iPad? And 53% just said that it was if it was less expensive than the iPad, which, considering the fact that the Android OS costs nothing because it's just part of it's an open source thing, it, the odds are it's going to be a lot cheaper when one comes out. Which supposedly there's a number getting ready to come out. Right. And mm-hmm. Apparently, 33% said they'd get it if it was on Verizon. Uh, 28% if it was discounted with a subscription. 22% said other reasons, which I don't know what that is, and 16% say nothing, they'll still buy an iPad. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious to know if the iPad syncing is as slow as the iPod syncing. That, that's the one thing that I'm curious about, and I don't know, I'm not sure I know anybody that owns an iPad to be able to ask them just how quick that is, because it's gotten to the point where my iPod iPod's gotten really slow to sync compared to my Zoom, which I plug it in and bam, it it syncs and just as fast as it'll transfer over, it's done syncing. It's there's none of this backing everything up, um, checking for updates or syncing and all all kinds of goofy steps that Apple seems to jump through with the iPod and i and iPhone and whatever. No, I, I have no idea how long it takes. Yeah. If if it was one of those things where it could sync over the air and you could trickle sync overnight, mm-hmm. um, that would be really good. So that's one of the features I like about my Zoom. I, it's not a feature I use very often because I, I have um, a dock and everything that I usually stick it in at night, but if I'm getting ready to run out the door or whatever and I know a new podcast is downloaded... It has the ability to sync over the, over the Wi-Fi, so I just tell it to sync real quick because I'm getting ready to run out the door, and that's just incredibly convenient sometimes. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's one of my major features in my next PMP, and that's why I won't be able to purchase an, app product, uh, an Apple product because they don't offer that. Yeah, that's one of the things that I definitely like about my Zoom that I miss whenever I use my iPod, which is... Only pretty much only for the apps anymore, but just because I prefer the media experience by far on my Zoom, the, the video quality is far superior. That that's one of the things I was really kind of surprised about was they didn't announce a new iPod Touch with the high resolution screen or whatever along with right, the form today, or a camera or anything like that. Um, I wonder if they're moving away from that. Uh, they they but they want to push apps. They want people to buy apps, so they have to keep the the iPad the iPod Touch around. Well, it's not like August or September that they usually do the iPod refreshes. Yeah, I think it's around then. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe they're just waiting for that. I hope, but who knows? I don't think I'd necessarily buy a new one anyway. I'm happy enough with this one, depending on what I get in terms of the new firmware or new version of the OS, or whatever. Although, there was one thing that I forgot to mention about that that I was kind of surprised by, and that's that Bing is now included in the search in the search engines that you can use on there without having to actually use the Bing app. 
I saw that, but I did not see if Bing was set for default. I think it wasn't. No. It's Go- just in a drop-down. Yeah, Google is still default, but you can go in and change whatever you want to be your default search engine. So, and you have the choice of Google, Yahoo, or Bing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to know how much Microsoft paid to get that on there. Oh, I think this is more of a, instead of a pro-Microsoft play, I think it's an anti-Google play. It could be. I, I, I don't know. I, I would think that would, with as many rumors as there's been for a long time about Bing coming to there, I'm guessing that it, this is something that Microsoft paid to get on there. Either that or there's just a whole lot of people that like Bing and Apple is tired of hearing about them complain about not having Bing. Yeah. It's just a second source, I mean, or a third source because they still have Yahoo. Um, but I'm pretty happy with being mobile, and I think that's the focus Microsoft has, and I actually think it's a quality product. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy that people have the choice to use Bing. Yeah, I, I like Bing whenever I use it. Uh, today they released the Bing Maps SDK, which I spent a good part of the afternoon playing with, so you can... Now make your own apps or whatever for using on Bing Maps, which from what I've seen seems to be you can do some pretty impressive things with it. And there was a tweet that I had last week uh, about Bing Maps blowing Google Maps out of the water. Well, that's just one of the reasons that it does. If you if you check out the, I think there's you can find a preview of like the new version of Bing Maps that isn't the main version on the site right now. Um, it has some really cool um, zoom effects and everything. And if you zoom in really far, it'll give you a kind of aerial view that you can rotate 90 degrees and get it from another direction. And it's got a bunch of really cool stuff in it definitely worth checking out but speaking of search engines apparently in the eu they have a new plan to make search engines save searches for two years yeah this story has the title of every google search to be logged and saved for two years under the new europe mp plan uh, which is the title is inflammatory because it's all search engines that are in the eu will fall under this law not just google yeah, I, I, I've i got a feeling that maybe there's some kind of a bias there at the mail online or something, I don't know. But yeah, it, it seems really strange because a lot of search engines are, and stuff are going to where over time they've been announcing that they're going to keep less or keep your data for less and less time. I, I think mm-hmm. I think it was, was it, wasn't it Bing not too long ago that said that they were only going to keep it for six months? down from like 18 months or something like that and i'm not sure how much yahoo and google keep it for but apparently this all kind of comes under the whole idea of child porn like they Mm want to sweep everything under with and that apparently if they keep all of these records of people and what they search for it'll help police investigate people that are looking for child porn which is just totally wrong, because this is a focus on the consumers rather than the distributors and the sources of child pornography. So if you have child porn and they have your search results, they can just tell where you got it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, uh, but um, they wouldn't be able to tell who made it and who's distributing it, because that's, um, I think, the problem 
is a little bit the the source and not as much as the consumption. Not saying I'm for child porn or that I think people should uh, be able to get around it, but I think this is uh, an overhanded way, uh, a heavy-handed way of trying to cut back on this. And this is actually something that will help search engines uh, because the longer they retain the data, the better their algorithms are. Um, but also, this is the same EU that uh, didn't, or is it Germany only, that wanted them to delete uh, map data every six months. So how do you, I mean, which is it? You want to delete some data for six months, and but some other data keep for two years? Yeah, it's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Apparently, originally this bill had support of 300 European Parliament members, but now once some privacy groups and stuff came out, and said how bad it is, and the fact that most child porn people don't go looking for on a search engine. They do it in mm-hmm. chat rooms. They do it in um, file sharing networks. There was a story I actually considered putting in the show about some guy who was going on, I think it was like Xbox Live or whatever, to play Call of Duty, and then asking for kids to send him naked pictures if they wanted to be in his clan. Mm -hmm. That's just another way that it happens. And usually if you're, if something like child porn or whatever gets entered into a search term, usually it's probably going to come after like a special on TV, like a Dateline NBC where they come up when, when they have their to catch a predator specials or whatever. And it's people interested in learning more about the topic. Not that they're a bunch of pedophiles looking for, more pictures. So whatever results they would have are pretty much are muddied by legitimate searches. Right. And also this uh, child porn is also muddy, muddied with the uh, guise of doing a little witch hunt on pedophilia and uh, homosexuality um, and saying that you know, marrying the two and putting all things in one bucket. Um, and the question is, if you can control everyone all the time and you would have no law, would you want to live in that way uh, in perpetuity for safety? Um, so you have to find a balance between freedom and security. And I think um, keeping a search hin- history on every person in, in the EU is is crossing the line between uh, a police state uh, and I think that uh, secu- set, uh, privacy in this case trumps security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... There seems to be a lot of the support that it has seems to be backing away from it so hopefully this won't go through but it seems like pretty much anything that gets thrown in with, oh, it has something to do with child porn, it must be bad, let's pass this law. So it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see this go through. Yeah, we'll just have to see the ramifications of enforcement and then the backlash. And um, things like this um, that are culturally wrong for multiple states in the EU usually don't stand that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how this turns out. It'll be, oh, excuse me, it'll certainly be interesting to watch. But speaking of search engines, Microsoft has killed Bing's cash back program, which makes me very, very sad. 
You know what? I actually am a little bit happy about this. And let me tell you why. Um, so I've tried to take advantage of the cashback program, and it didn't seem to work. So I bought something from there, and I never got any money. That's one thing. Second thing is that I always thought that the uh, searches for uh, brands that I wanted to purchase seemed biased. Like they didn't show all the results, or the results um, were uh, the people who paid for the cashback got more more privileged in the results, and so I don't think I got a, a lot of options. So for for those reasons, I'm glad it's gone away. But just because it has gone away doesn't mean those problems will be fixed. So I, I, I hope it does. Yeah, supposedly they have um, some kind of a new program coming out in the fall. But I, I've saved, I think it's like 80-some bucks with being cash back is what I got about a month or so ago in a payment from just a number of things that I bought over the past year. But this, the implementation of it wasn't all that wonderful. It's like, first you have to go to bing.com slash cash back. Then you can search for the stores, look up the store. But at the same time, if you go in, I don't know if you have to, it was like if you go to just Bing itself and enter in the name of the store, it'll it would give you a different cash back percentage compared to if you went to Bing.com slash cash back and looked up the store manually in their list of stores and what the percentage of cash back was. So it, it was one of those things that just didn't make a whole lot of sense a lot of times. There was, there was only one time, I think, where I had where it didn't work and that kind that time I was a little on the really irritated side but, but I think if there was some consistency there I would have really liked it I, I still like it for the money that it saved me but I'm, I'm hoping that with whatever it is that they're coming back in the fall with that there's that it'll be a lot more consistent in how you find these uh, um, bargains yeah. Um, the good thing is, what this does also point to is that they're always looking at Bing and reevaluating how it works and how to make it better. Uh, hopefully, we can continue to see the Bing. Uh oh, you're cutting out and kind of siloing on me here. Oh, I need to. Yeah, my. Unplug and plug back in your headset or something there. Okay. At least that usually seems to work from what I've heard. According to Skype, the internet speed between between us is now slow. Oh, not good, not good, not good. Well, why we try and get these issues sorted out, don't forget you can go to globalgeeknews.com and click on the store button or merchandise button or whatever it is at the top of the page if you're looking for some nice Global Geek News merchandise like t-shirts, pins, bumper stickers, coffee cups, I think there's some purses or something like that in there, cooking aprons, all kinds of other stuff that you can check out there. So if you'd like to wear around some Global Geek News t-shirts, we'd really appreciate it. There, there are... I did try to make the prices as decent as I could in the store, so make sure to check that out. So, Okay, everybody, we're back after having to restart Skype, and I don't know what the heck happened there, but anyway, that was quite strange, but we're back. Don't remember where we, exactly where we left off, we're just, so we're just going to jump right into the next story, 
which is apparently American Airlines has decided to offer Zoom in-flight audio, but no actual Zooms. Right, so this is the branded music service and uh, information service Zune, and not and not the hardware Zune. So the Zune on the Xbox that you hear about, uh, where you can buy music, that's kind of the same Zune that they're talking about here. Yeah, the problem is that with this one, you don't have that great of a choice in terms of what you get to listen to, and and I'm not sure how good that is for the Zune brand name because if this is a lot of people's first experience with Zune they don't, you don't want it to seem like a very limited service but as of the way they have it right now or they're going to have it to start with you basically get to choose from 21 playlists that are programmed by Zune including options like classic rock contemporary pop, opera and piano jazz well, it sounds yeah, just more more like radio stations on an airplane. Not not necessarily uh, on a, the Zoom service. Just you tune into a, a pre-recorded radio station. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, well, if it'll have ads and stuff in it like a radio station would as well. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not sure quite how much I like this. Then again, I'm not sure how much I like United Airlines anyway. So I probably would have to experience it. Yeah, like um, one of the founders of uh, Posturus, uh, he was going off on how crappy their service is, um, United Airlines. And uh, this is interesting for Microsoft. I, I, I think also having music is better than nothing. But uh, is this free? I don't. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest things. If it's free, then that's good. If it's pay. Then it sounds like it's overcharging for the service, but knowing United, it probably is charging. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably charging for it, but who knows when this is? There doesn't seem to be anything in terms of a date or prices or anything, so I don't have a clue quite how it's gonna work out. I, I would assume it was gonna be paid, but I don't know. I I would think it would be kind of like. Um, what Frontier has, which Frontier is the airline that I, if given a choice, that's who I fly with, and otherwise I'll take Southwest if I have to, but other than those two, I don't like to fly anybody else, but with Frontier and most of their planes are, now it seems to be not as reliable now that they've been bought by Midwest Airlines or whatever, but in most of their planes, they have TVs in the back of the headrests that use some kind of a live direct TV mm-hmm. feed or whatever in it, which you get it to long enough for you to get up in the air, but then after that, for the remainder of the flight, you have to pay like five bucks or whatever to keep getting it, which I, I would assume that this would be similar to that. Yeah, I never understood those uh, those TVs in the back of the the back of the the seats because they would say you know turn off all electronic devices, but those things are still blasted on every single head head headset headrest in the back. And I was like, why do they get to keep theirs on, but we can't turn ours on? That's kind of weird. Yeah, they turn it off during the like the safety lecture and stuff like that, but when we're supposed to have everything else off. They have them on, which never made a whole lot of sense to me. Then again, I 
can't say I've always turned everything off either, so... I always turn my phones off, but iPod, Zoom, stuff like that, not necessarily. Yeah. So this is interesting. I'm guessing maybe uh, Ford Sync might even get something like this because they're pretty tight with Microsoft. Um, and uh, other mobile devices, um, hopefully we'll, we might even see uh, Zoom on uh, other platforms, maybe Android since they're open. Uh, maybe they have the Zoom store available there. Unless they want to keep it an exclusive uh, Windows Phone experience, which would would not be the smart thing to do for them. I mean, if they're if they're letting B, uh, Bing be on the iPhone, I'm sure they'll try to get Zune Music on the Android. Yeah, I I'm a huge Zune fan. I have been ever since the first generation Zune. I just almost every day I become more and more impressed with how they're marketing the Zune and the brand, the Zoom brand and everything, whether it's the actual devices, um, the service on the Xbox or whatever, they just seem to be doing a great job with it. And it also helps that um, the Zoom is, or the Zoom software is where the majority of our listeners get the show from. So thank you to all the Zoom listeners out there. Yes. Uh Unfortunately, you won't be able to listen to this on United Airlines, but still. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. But anyway, um, not real sure how to transition to the next story, but speaking of uh, horrible services <laughs> like United Airlines, yeah. Um... <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a new clickjacking worm that's affecting hundreds of thousands of. Facebook users, although from what I read of it, it seems relatively benign. Yeah, it's just one of those things where a lot of people get it on their site, and it allows, and it, and then it gets popular, and so it gets more attention, so it gets uh, pushed up in the news feeds, uh, and so more people click on it. But it says, um, if you see something that says, "LOL, this girl gets owned after a police officer reads her status message." Uh, don't like that mess. Don't like that because you'll get redirected to a page that'll click jack it and auto click jack you, and automatically put you in the like category for that post. Yeah, and then it sends the post or whatever to all your friends or whatever. I don't know. This is one of click jacking is one of those really dangerous things that some browsers have taken some steps and towards preventing, but it's one of those things that. There's not a whole lot you can really do about it. In this particular case, it takes you to a page where it says click this link to continue when in reality on top of this page there's an invisible iframe that when you click on it anywhere within the page, it'll automatically go back to Facebook, said that you've liked it and like this and send this link on to all your friends. So they end up with the same issue as you do. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember, I don't necessarily recall like which episode it was, but if you want to know more about clickjacking, go back in the archives of the Security Now podcast, and I believe there's an episode on clickjacking in there. It's some interesting stuff for those of you that are a little bit more security conscious or have people that 
or you take care of computers for people that aren't very security conscious and kind of need to know what you're dealing with. Because this this could be a lot worse than it is. This basically just takes a link and promotes it to your friends. But if this thing had like some JavaScript on it or whatever, it yeah. could infect you with a virus and as well as send it to all your friends so they would get infected with viruses. I mean, this could be a whole lot nastier than it is right now. It's more of a sounds more of a proof of concept at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, I think I I wouldn't be too surprised to see if this is maybe some kind of a security researcher or a university that's behind this in a way of they're not trying to do anything malicious. They're maybe trying to analyze how links and stuff maybe get passed around on Facebook or whatever when malicious things happen and stuff like that. There, I have no evidence to that, but I've got a feeling that that could be what's going on. Yeah. Only thing is, like, it, the the bad thing is that it seems that it, that uh, Facebook is slow to respond to threats like these, um, where the media can report on it, but yet Facebook is still uh, not aware of what's going on in their network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, speaking of social networks, apparently Yahoo's kind of launching their own social network, and they're trying to use all of your Yahoo Mail and Yahoo Messenger contacts as a way of populating your social network with them. It's one of those really strange kind of things that seems a little bit more like something Facebook would do. Yeah, um, I gotta say personally, I really am not concerned with this terribly too much because I don't really use my Yahoo account. Um, And right as I thought about this i thought it through um when I, I did use my yahoo account actually yahoo for a little while was my uh number two my strong number two so i used it for spam list and i used yahoo messenger for a bit um i'm kind of afraid of it linking into my current social network and old uh old contacts that i don't talk to anymore will then get updated on what I'm currently doing because I no longer talk to them, but there's a reason why I didn't keep up with them. Uh, but they're still in my contact list because I never deleted them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'll have some strange repercussions from people who um, I talked to years ago, and now they're going to try to uh, try to see what I'm doing now, which is not hard, but it'll be in more in their face. Yeah, my Yahoo Mail account is strictly for spam stuff. If I'm signing up for something that I'm positive I'm going to get spam for, but it's something I still want anyway, I sign up with my Yahoo Mail just so that way I never have to deal with it and I'll go in once every couple of months or whatever and empty out the mailbox of all the spam and whatever. So it's not something I'm really concerned about. I think on Yahoo Messenger I have like four people that I know from years ago. So I'm not too concerned about it but for people that use yahoo mail or yahoo instant messenger or whatever this is definitely something to worry a little bit about because it's an opt-out kind of thing rather than an opt-in so all of your updates and stuff essentially from the sounds of it they're wanting to copy facebook and twitter so they're going to have like a news feed or whatever so that anything anytime you do anything or give a status update or whatever It'll go out to all of these contacts unless you explicitly tell it not to. 
And it, they're even doing something like Facebook in terms of they're allowing your friends to take and use your information unless you explicitly tell it not to. So, right. I, it, it, Sorry, go ahead. It, it seems to me like they see Facebook sitting over in their corner of the internet getting all kinds of bad press for this stuff, and they're thinking to themselves, hey, everybody seems to be pissed off at Facebook. Why don't we create a social network to compete with them and see if we can get some of those aggravated Facebook users to come over to our network? All the while, they're doing exactly the same thing, but no one's paying any attention because they're too mad at Facebook. Yeah, but also keep in mind that this ties into all the other Yahoo properties. So if you have a Flickr account, you could be, um, you could be fall, you could fall into this 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 so, this new social network that they're developing and rolling out to. Yeah, I kind of didn't give much thought to Flickr. I think I've got a couple of friends on there, but nothing that isn't already subscribed to Twitter updates and friends on Facebook and stuff like that. So essentially, they're not getting anything new anyway. True, yeah. So. But there are people out there who are, so uh, those people need to be aware of what could, be, what could happen. Um, that their contact list that they uh, use for work will start to see their photo stream from Flickr. Yeah, this is definitely something that should be making more of an impact online in the blogosphere and stuff than I think it is. It seems like everybody has kind of either not heard of it or glanced over it or whatever, and... I got this from the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So if they're the ones complaining about it, you know it can't be good. Yeah, I never, I didn't even know this was coming, and I didn't know the announcement happened last week. So I wonder if they did that underhandedly so people won't know and so they can sneak in this new network without people realizing what, what they have, that they have to opt out of it. Yeah, it's going to be in... I have a feeling that... If somebody big finally catches on to what's going on and say, hey, they're doing kind of the same thing that Facebook's doing, and if not worse, then there might get to be a little bit of something going on about this, and maybe it'll get Yahoo to back down. But I don't know. I think Yahoo's just watching Facebook take all the attention right now while they try and sneak this through without anybody causing an issue about it. And to tell you the truth, I actually hope it works out. I know I, I, I'm kind of down on how they're rolling this out, making it opt-out instead of opt-in, uh, but I, I want a viable alternative to, fa- to, to, I'm sorry, to Facebook. And the biggest thing in Facebook that I use it for anyway is for pictures and picture sharing. And with Yahoo's big backbone of Flickr, it actually could be something that could be extremely competitive. Um, with with Facebook, so uh, the, I mean, also Yahoo is what the number two in mail clients out there, and web mail clients, right behind uh, Hotmail. So this could be extremely powerful right off the get go. See, I was thinking Yahoo is number one. Maybe not. I'm not sure. No, Hotmail is number one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've got accounts everywhere, so I don't even know anymore. But. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this story for a while. But, yeah, oh, I think we're running low on time. I'm not actually not even sure 
how we're doing on time now since we had that bit of a Skype issue. Right. But we still got three more stories and a quick couple of tips of the week. So the next story is apparently we need a gadget tax to save the newspaper industry. Yeah. Who do we need? Who does? <laughs> who's, this, who's this we? <laughs> that would be everybody in the U.S., apparently. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not needed, and I think this is appalling that this is something that anyone would even consider. Yeah, apparently the FTC is considering different ways of subsidizing the um, newspaper industry, and they've come up with ideas from everything from, I've heard, uh, like a 5% tax on like iPads and Kindles and stuff like that. Despite the fact that you can get the newspaper's content on those devices, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they would then tax it, but they're coming up with all kinds of different ways of like um, pulling money from radio stations and giving it to newspapers and all kinds of goofy ideas to hopefully get to keep the print industry alive. Yeah, uh, it, it you know, taxpayer money going for failed business, uh, business plans and business objectives and poor marketing. If people wanted your product, you wouldn't be going out of business. And I don't think it's something that uh, our government or any government should should uh, should be backing. Um, they should just do their job, and uh, and let that be. Uh, if if they fail, they fail. I mean, no, there's there's no too big to fail when it comes to newspapers and media outlets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Rocky Mountain News failed last year or died last year after what was that, 120 years or something like that that had been around. And there was a paper that I really enjoyed whenever on the occasion that I got my hands on one. But I don't know. I, I, there was a I think there's a quote in the bottom where that kind of matches what I think in that you shouldn't be helping those that don't want to help themselves. I mean, these newspapers have seen for years what is happening and they haven't done anything or they don't want to do anything to try to evolve to save their business. Instead, they want to... They want to stick with the same way that they've been doing for decades and keep making money from it, and they can't do that anymore. Yeah. So um, it'd be sad if something like this actually goes through. It'd be a I mean, waste of – I mean, we could be funding education, but yet some of our tax barriers would go to the media outlets. I mean, I think it's, it's an idea, and I think it's just a bad idea. Yeah, there's some kind of crazy ideas. Everything from like a three cent tax per month on cell phones to <laughs> consumer taxes on or electronic or taxes on consumer electronics and um, tax breaks on like the wireless spectrum and stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's just a whole bunch of screwy ideas. I say. Let them move to the internet or whatever, or fail. If they fail, it's their own dumb fault. Yeah. 
Speaking of countries that aren't entirely insane, apparently Canada's making some a little bit of headway in terms of a DMCA that isn't completely horrible like they've been trying to introduce for several years now. Yeah, this sounds more of a carrot and stick model. So DVRs are okay, uh, but they still have the the same uh, strict no copy provision um, like the American DMCA. Um, the, the the copies that they allow are basically uh, buffers of streams or something um, that's in the RAM temporarily, nothing long term at all. Uh, so no copying to to CDs or DVDs or anything like that. So. Uh, but at least they'll say publicly that DVRs are legal. Yeah, I'd, I'd give anything if we could swap out our DMCA with with this one that's proposed in Canada, because it seems to be a whole lot better than what we have. I mean, temporary copies are allowed, like when it's cached in RAM or something like that, like you were saying, which ours currently technically doesn't allow, but no one's ever tried to enforce it, luckily. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, damages are a whole lot better. They can run from a hundred dollars to five thousand dollars, depending on the case. Whether or, or that's for non-commercial infringers, so just your average person who's who downloads something. If they're a commercial infringer, it's twenty thousand dollars Canadian, compared to the U.S., where. If it's for non-commercial but still a willful infringement, you get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine, and you'll be able to do format shifting, assuming you're not breaking any DRM, which is kind everything of pointless <laughs> because everything right. has DRM. Um, same with backups; you can make backups of all your digital works, assuming you're not breaking DRM. You can time shift with the um, restriction that it has to be kept for a reasonable amount of time to watch or listen to whatever it is. So you can't do any like long-term archiving of a TV show that you DVR or whatever. It has to be watched within an, a reasonable amount of time. That's not defined, so I guess it... Probably depends if you're on vacation. A month could seem reasonable. Otherwise, maybe a week would seem reasonable. Right. Uh, that's one of those things that probably needs to be clarified a little bit better. Um, mashups would be legal. Parodies would be legal. I they they seem to be making a lot of progress in it compared to what they've had. But I'm I'm still not a big fan of the. DRM restrictions, but it's definitely a step in the right direction compared to what they've had proposed several times in the past. Right. And of course, any problems will be settled in courts and uh, precedents would be set. Uh, so, yeah, I actually think this is a really good start. And um, you don't hear, you won't hear pretty much uh, any big out, outcries until these are actually tested in court because. The quarter cases are the ones that get a lot of the intention, like that the people who write the laws just totally did not expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad to see that there's one country that's approaching this from a little bit of common sense. I mean, 
100 to 5000 dollars sounds a whole lot better than 150 thousand dollars right that does sound reasonable mm-hmm. yeah although i still think it should be the cost of whatever you can get the program for on itunes or the zoom marketplace or whatever but that's just me plus court costs yes gotta include those Speaking of um, copyrighted works and whatnot, apparently in our last story, publishing locations of pirate movies is the same as hosting them. Or at least that's what a Dutch court has said. Yeah, this is insane. This is something that will take down any search engine that might index locations that have... Uh, of that, that has a destination of any pirated material. So this is kind of crazy. Um, I, I can't believe that this is a, a judge actually thought finds that <laughs> finds that, that that this is illegal. So which kind of goes goes against what the internet is founded on. Yeah, this is one of those crazy things. Supposedly, the judge took the took a judgment against a Usenet site from England to make this decision, which why you'd take it from over there, I don't know, but it it's basically saying that as long as you're linking to something, you might as well be hosting it. Which, that makes a whole lot of no sense. I mean, at least with something like the Pirate Bay, you know, it's a little bit more um, pointing to actual files or at least torrent files and stuff for something. But just linking to something, making it linking to something that's illegal is illegal. That's totally retarded. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, <laughs> that's the case. Anybody I, I, that I, 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 I hope it gets overturned and goes up as high as it needs to go to make sure that this doesn't stay law for long. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, if you link to sites like WikiLeaks or something like that, that would probably be illegal. I mean, this just opens up a whole great big can of worms. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's gonna. It's it's gonna be there for a while. Uh, it uh, it can't last long. I would hope so. One, you'd think that there has to be at least one judge in their court system that has half a brain? Uh, I don't know. It's a very small country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) But who knows? It's kind of... I'm going to be interested to see where this case goes on appeal and whatever. So... Yeah. I don't know. Until then, I guess I'm glad I don't use the FTD site which apparently links to this stuff or newsbin which apparently got taken down but is now back up under control of new people or whatever which if you want to find out about that whole saga you can find all that on um torrent freak well i wonder if you could uh if we can (laughs) if the court has the documents posted on their website and those website ha- and their website that has this legal paper shows the links on their website. Can we take down the Dutch website, the Dutch uh, court website that has the records of this of of the locations of 
the legal files. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I dare somebody to try that. Yeah, I mean, they're violating the law in that po- at, at that point. Yeah. That's what you call making up laws on the bench. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that would be all of our stories, and I'm sure we're going way over time. So anyway, on to our tips of the week. First one being how to encrypt and hide your entire operating system from prying eyes. There's apparently... This is a great big thing from Lifehacker on setting up hidden hidden operating systems, encrypting drives with TrueCrypt, and all kinds of stuff like that. So if you're looking to hide an OS or wanting to install a decoy OS or encrypt your drives, whatever, you definitely want to check out this little guide. I'm, I might try it just for the heck of it. Not that I really need to, but it just sounds like fun. Second one being how to make Gmail play nicely with your desktop email client. I'm sure there's a lot of you that are like myself and are diehard Gmail users. And I I guess I don't necessarily, in the past, I've never really known the best way to set it up with an email client like Thunderbird or whatever. So in the end, it never made for a great experience, so I didn't use it, and I've always just used the web interface, but if you're looking to use a desktop email client like Thunderbird, this might be something you would want to check out. So, don't forget you can find those in all of our stories at globalgeeknews.com, which is where you can also find where to donate to the show. If you enjoy the show... By all means, please help support us. There is a $5 a month link in the show notes, or if you go up to the very top of the page, there's a link for donations so you can specify a given amount of donations. And don't forget, anything over $100 will get you a free Global Geek News t-shirt out of the store, which is also linked to up above, like I mentioned before. But anyway, I think that's just about everything don't forget you can leave your comments suggestions feedback for the show in the comments at globalgeeknews.com you can always send us some messages on twitter we are at globalgeeknews on twitter i am at pcnerd37 wesley is at wesley83 if you ever have any stories or tips of the week you'd like to submit feel free to submit them on there or through the email, which is globalgeeknews at gmail.com, whichever, however you would like to send us stuff. We're always looking for some content from our listeners. I know every once in a while I get people offering to do some guest blog posts. If you'd like to do those, shoot me an email, pcnerd37 at globalgeeknews.com. I'd love to talk with you about that. Um, Anyways, I think that's about it for this week, unless you can think of anything. Uh, no. Uh, uh, see you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, see you guys next week, assuming I don't get bit by a cat again. Later. Later.